Murph is all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Welcome to Impact Sports Behind the Mask, the only podcast dedicated to Michigan State and Big Ten hockey. I'm your host, Andrew Burkle, alongside my partner, Ryan Collins. Ryan, finals week, how you doing, man? I'm done, so I feel great. You're on winter break now? Yeah, I am technically on winter break. Go home tomorrow on, at 1, at Thursday. Thursday at 1, so That's whenever this... This, drops. Dude, this I, I, left like the, at, I left Thursday at 1 o'clock. Weirdest week ever. Oh, Longest it, slash weirdest week of my life. Final, people like lose their mind about finals. Like They're not, not that, that bad. bad. I know. You it's get so, like one, I mean, one we are day. journalism students, so, True. so That'll help. Uh, yeah, that kind of helps, but I mean, you're done done. I am done done. When's your, when's your commencement? Saturday. Are you jacked? I am excited, yeah. Who, I am done with who, all classes. Who, who's a... Who's a keynote guy? What do they call that? Keynote speaker. That's not. I know. I know that. But what? What is it called? Commencement speaker. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know who the commencement speaker is. This is a surprise. I don't think so. Hopefully, no. it's Oprah. That's That'd be sick. When I was in high school, I started a rumor that uh, Oprah was gonna be our graduation speaker, and it blew up, and everybody believed it. And that was a rumor mill. This buzzing. Total rumor mill. <laughs> but anyways, since today is my last episode on Behind the Mask, we've got a very special guest today, calling all the way from Odessa, Texas. Former host of this podcast, Jason Ruff. Ruff, how you doing, my man? Oh my gosh, how's it going, guys? <laughs> going Ryan, well, man. Andrew, it's doing good. Wow. It's a real treat to have you on here. Oh, uh, my back gosh. on these airwaves. Yeah, no, it's it's a treat to be calling calling in. How how much snow you guys got? Actually, surprisingly, curious. zero. Right now, at this very second, right now. Nothing. But Okay, but you have gotten snow at some point in this month, right? We yes. have. Yes, we have. Okay. Okay, I haven't seen a lick of snow, like not <laughs> once. Jeez, must be nice. Big Texas guy I mean, now, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's nice in a sense that, you know, it's not freezing cold, but at the same time, you like, I'm in the car, I'm listening to Christmas music, and there's, like, there's no snow on the ground. Yeah, my brother lives <laughs> in, like, he- yeah. My brother lives in Houston. He always talks about it. it, it the winter doesn't feel right. No, it, it totally doesn't. It totally doesn't. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to uh, getting a few days off at Christmas to come back to Chicago and Michigan, spend some Christmas time with the family, and get back to the Midwest. But yeah. All right. Well, Ruff is going to break down some recruiting for us and maybe a little bit of a state of the program. So, Ruff, what's the biggest recruiting story going on right now, and just how is Michigan State's recruiting looking as a whole? Well, I'll start with the second question first. I think recruiting as a whole, I think you're seeing it get better. I mean, obviously, Michigan State, the big news in terms of new guys bringing into the fold, they just got a commitment from Mr. Ryan Winters, a native of Minnesota who's up in the Shattuck St. Mary's program. That program just produces quality hockey players, and the fact that Winters is leading his particular Shattuck St. Mary's team in points right now, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but the fact that he's leading those his team and those numbers is a really good sign. The fact that Michigan State could go up into a state and a program that normally is dominated by Minnesota Duluth, the University of Minnesota's, and the like, 
and pull a guy like that out of that program, I think it is a really good harbinger for the future. On the total, I think the recruiting is, is getting better. You look, and including especially for next year, the USHL uh, all-prospects game teams were announced. And Michigan State, you will be happy to know, has three current commits currently participating in that game. That is tied for first with Western Michigan in terms of most recruits t- taking part in that hockey game. You, you know, you look at some of these other programs, Boston University has two, Northeastern has two, North Dakota, Notre Dame, they both have two, Miami of Ohio has two, Penn State has one, Denver has one, Michigan, Minnesota both have one. You know, it's, it's, it's getting Michigan State's name out there and seeing Michigan State in that company is really good. It's getting Michigan State recruiting back up to par with not only with the Big Ten, but also with the rest of the upper echelon of college hockey, which is really key. You know, when you look at some of the games that they've played this year, uh, take the games against Michigan, for example. Yes, two really good quality wins against Michigan. And yes, that second game was a win. Not my fault college hockey still stuck in the dark ages. It's not a tie in my view. That was a shootout win. It was still evident, though, I think, that Michigan State, at least in terms of the when going against the University of Michigan, is still a step or so behind in terms of the talent. That's really where recruiting is, and that's all about recruiting. And, and as I told you before we went on air, I think Danton Cole, when he inherited this program, really it was a total rebuild in terms of recruiting because college hockey recruiting, unlike football or basketball or many other sports, takes place so far out, you got to plan so far out. You have to have a lot of factors go your way. You know, what if a kid doesn't pan out? You know, what if a billion other factors come into play? What if maybe he's not academically eligible? It's 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 a really, and of course you have pressure from the Canadian major junior leagues to contend with too. It's really a difficult task. And Danton Cole, I think, so far has is starting to put together some classes and get some guys that really can add some depth and start bringing Michigan State hockey up to the level that it should be. Ralph, me and Burkle have often talked on the podcast this year about how important it is for Michigan State to develop guys and get guys from the program in uh, Plymouth. It, with Cole's ties, is he the right guy to get in beating Michigan and maybe being more competitive with getting wins at Cornell and other impressive wins? It, do you think that t- the tide could be turning soon? where Michigan State is competing with Michigan for recruits at the program? It could be. And, you know, I've, I, I think that Dan Cole is the right guy to exploit those ties to the program in Plymouth, that program being the uh, U.S. National Team Development Program. But really, and, you know, I've had plenty of conversations with other people, including Dan himself, about this. It's all about getting commitments from guys who are likely to make the program because – of the guys worth taking from that program are already committed by the time they get selected for the USNTTDP. I mean, I look at a couple of guys like Michigan State got commitments from Ed Minnie, and I'm trying to think of one other guy who was there. He graduated a couple years ago, but I'm just, I'm drawing a blank on his name. That they got commit, Michigan State got commitments from them while they were at the program, and let's just say they didn't necessarily live up to the hype. They, they, they were important cogs in their own right, but they didn't excel to what some people may have expected them to be. 
So I think it's really important to get commitments from guys who have high ceilings. To me, it's, it's more important to get commitments from guys who have a lot to offer that particular program, whether they're playing on Fargo or on some other team in the USHL or even the North American Hockey League. Because I tell you, and this is where I'm going to rep my league and my program, there are some quality players making D1 commitments that are playing in the North American Hockey League. I definitely think it's a totally undertapped source of college hockey talent. But getting back, it doesn't matter what team they're playing at at the end of the day, as long as they have both a high ceiling, can play, and can help Michigan State. At the end of the day, you know they could be playing for St. Richard's School of the Blind. They can play <laughs> hockey. They should be coming to Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, do you think this team has made that jump from last year to this year under Danton Cole that you kind of thought they might? Or do you think they're kind of lagging behind? It's really hard to say. In some cases, yes, and in some cases, no. Yes, in the sense that I I don't think anyone, based off the team last year, would have expected them to go on the road and sweep a top-10 Cornell team and then go and take a quasi-sweep out of the University of Michigan, beating them at home, and then getting a shootout win against them in Yost, essentially taking five or six points. But at the same time, you know, you look at back at that six-game spread when they lost six straight. They lost one to Ferris. They lost two to Arizona State, who's now surged onto the scene. They, they then lost two at home to Notre Dame before losing one more on the road against Minnesota. It's, it's, that, that really killed a lot of the momentum that they had off of that hot start to start the season. So I think yes and no. I think it's still a little too early to say. I think we'll know a bit more when we get past the Great Lakes Invitational Tournament because I think they have a really good draw. They're playing a Lake Superior State team that, while is starting to show some life and is starting to turn some heads, I still think that's a very winnable hockey game. And then you're essentially probably going to be playing either against Michigan or Michigan Tech, both of whom I think Michigan State can beat. I I expect Michigan State to win the GLI this year. I want them to win it because I think they have a good draw. I think they have a team that, that can do it. And I think winning the GLI will be a, it'll be enough in my mind to say, yes, this team, this program has taken a firm, solid step under Dan Cole, because then that's something tangible. That's, that's a banner. That's a trophy. That's something tangible that you can hold and feel and touch. And that's important to have for a growing program. I mean, the Spartans haven't won one since I think 09, if I'm, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something like that. There. So that's, I mean, Ruff, you know, Big Ten hockey probably better than almost anyone. What do you think of the conference this year? What, do you, what is your take? Who do you think is going to come up on top and be a contender in the NCAA tournament this year? I like Ohio State. I, I know that, that's kind of toeing the, toe the company line a little bit about how <laughs> you know everyone's been Ohio State, Ohio State. I, I just really, I really like Ohio State. I think, you know, I think Michigan has kind of fallen a little bit below expectations. I think definitely Minnesota has fallen below expectations. They're still a little bit rudderless right now but granted first year under new coaching staff that may be to be expected but i think so far the conference i think the conference will be fine i still think it's certainly one of the top two or three conferences in all of college hockey and i think that's where it's going to stay which unfortunately for michigan state is going to make it a little bit harder in terms of getting back on the national scene but that means that when they do start to get some wins and start getting in the mix conference wise it'll be easier for them to make an argument to be in the national tournament, whether that's this year, next year, or the year after. So we talked a little bit about consistency 
And, you know, Michigan State showing the ability to go on the road and beat Cornell. And they went and swept uh, Michigan and won on the road in a quasi-win, as you've called it. Uh, what, is the, what does the team have to do to start putting out more consistent results? And is it tied to recruiting at all? You know, that's, that's a tough question. And granted, I, I'm getting full disclosure here. I haven't watched a ton of Michigan State hockey, at least is not, not as much as religiously as I used to back when I was in college. Like, for example, I didn't watch the uh, – the Michigan Michigan State game at home because I was broadcasting a game of uh, of my own. It's probably a good thing I didn't watch that game. Otherwise, I'd there'd be years taken off my life <laughs> based on what I've read. But um, you know, I I think I think it really comes down to depth scoring. I think I think we're in a similar situation that we were seeing last year with this team, where it's the KHL line, and if you shut down the KHL line. Unless someone else, some other line steps up, then Michigan State's got almost no chance. I, I think we were a lot of people, including myself, were hoping that maybe that changed a little bit this year. And when you look at the beginning of the year when they were winning those games, why was it? Because they had some depth scoring. Even in uh, those Michigan games, depth scoring, especially in that first game. When they're not winning, it's because the KHL line is getting shut down and no one else is uh, stepping up. And maybe it's And maybe we've been putting a little bit too much hope on the freshmen. I mean, after all, not everyone, not every player is going to come in and be a Mitch Lewandowski their freshman year and just be totally impactful. I mean, if if Michigan State can reel in Igor Afanasiev and keep him on the hook, that he would be that type of player. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think a, a part of it is part of recruiting, but I also think another part of it is, you know, we got to keep realistic expectations here. These are freshman players who are coming in not every one of them are going to be, you know, Mitch Lundowski's or impact players as soon as they step on campus. Michigan State's not at that point yet where they're bringing in those impact freshmen on a consistent basis. I mean, this year you've seen Michigan State's goalie situation just kind of teeter back and forth where it was Lethnum early and it was DeRitter for a little bit. Now it looks like it's going to shift back to Lethnum. Were you surprised to see DeRitter be as sensational as he was against Michigan? with his ability to get go out there and make 40 saves against a rival in probably the biggest game of the year? Uh, that game I did have the opportunity to watch because the Odessa Jackalopes had an early game that night. So I was able to get done with that and then quickly run home to watch that game. i tell you what, I have not seen a Michigan State goaltender play to that caliber at Yost since 2015 Jake Hildebrand when he literally stole a game against Michigan. That was the first game that they had Jim Harbaugh there and everyone was all hyped. Michigan wins that game. They win the big 10 regular season and everyone was all hyped. Jake Hildebrand just came in and stole that game right out from under their noses. I, uh, Ritter's play was phenomenal, not just that night, but the whole weekend. I really think he has a high ceiling, but at the same point, we have to remember he's also a freshman goaltender and, you know, there's some tough barns to play in in this Big Ten. As as was proven against in this Wisconsin series, I thought a couple of goals were kind of kind of fluky. One one goal that I think uh, BTN was playing uh, as some of their highlight plays of the week. The one goal that the Wisconsin player put it in underneath his pads when Zeritter was already down. I mean, that's the save you got to make. Yeah. So I, I think he is a freshman goaltender. I like I like his progression i think he's going to be a very good goaltender for michigan state starting perhaps as soon as next year but i wouldn't sleep on letterman i i still think letterman still has some gas left in the tank perhaps he is reaching his ceiling perhaps not i don't know but 
there's nothing wrong with with a two goaltender tandem to keep them both French, uh, not French, French, fresh, keep them both fresh. <laughs> and full disclosure, I do have a bet with uh, Neil Kepke in terms of who's going to get the most starts. So in terms of that bet, I'd like to see let them get the majority of the starts. That means I win the bet. <laughs> it's been a shaky start here for you. Back a little back and yeah, forth action. Yeah, 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 a little back and forth action. You know, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But but as I told him, you know, if, if DeRitter's going to play like that the rest of the season, I'll gladly pay that bet. All right, Ruff, let's get back to recruiting a little bit here. What was the major story you were telling us about earlier, and do you want to just give us uh, the breakdown on that thing? So the big story right now is whether or not Igor Afanasyev is going to come to East Lansing. For those of you who don't know, Igor Afanasyev – Leading scorer for the United States Hockey League's Muskegon Lumberjacks over on the west side of the state. Igor, so far this season, 12 goals, 17 assists, 29 points. That's good for fourth in the entire United States Hockey League in terms of scoring. He's a forward, a 2001 birth date out of Moscow in Russia. His rights are currently hold by the Windsor Spitfires, if I remember correctly, recently traded as part of a big deal with Ottawa. And the big idea right now is whether or not he's going to come to Michigan State. And from what I understand, it, it has to do with academics. From what I've been told, he's still interested in Michigan State, but the academics may or may not be there. And right now, actually today, there was word on Twitter, one of the uh, NHL scouts, I believe, I'm trying to pull it up right now, basically saying that he thinks that Igor Afanasyev is going to end up in Windsor. And, and that'd be tough for Michigan State because this is a guy who some analysts are projecting to be an early or mid-second-round draft pick as a forward. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy, high motor. He's one of those guys who, if he were to come to East Lansing next year, could be an impact freshman right off the bat, second-line center behind the uh, KHL line, and that would add the much-needed depth that Michigan State would need to put them over the top. When do you think Michigan State's going to start having NHL caliber players on their team again? Well, if they keep him, if they keep him on the roster, on on if they keep him committed as soon as next year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm serious. E- Igor, I think, could be uh, an NHL caliber player, but in terms of you know when you're going to have a time frame, it, it's it's really hard to say, especially when you're talking about kids who are you know committed three or four years out. Obviously, a lot of good kids. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But it's important to note Michigan State has three guys right now, three commits, including Afanasiev, in the United States Hockey League All-Prospects game. All three of those guys could be uh, drafted in the upcoming NHL draft. And who knows where they go for their pro futures. I know Mason Appleton recently just getting uh, some time in the NHL with the Winnipeg Jets. So you could call that a Danton Cole guy, Michigan State guy, even though uh, I don't think he really played a game for Dan Cole, I don't know. No, yeah, he ended up leaving right before the season there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's kind of iffy, but at the same time, it's, it's important, I think, that Michigan State starts getting those guys, and I think over the next couple of years you're going to see the recruiting pick up and start seeing some NHL-caliber guys associated with Michigan State. But Afanasiev really is a guy that, you know, it, it he is the heart of this of next year's recruiting class. I mean, there's no question about it. If 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 – he were not to come to campus, I don't. It wouldn't kill the team, but it, I think it would put Michigan State maybe a half step back, because really, when you look at the rest of the Big Ten, they Michigan State needs as much help as they can get, especially on the offensive side of the puck. 
Afanasyev would not only provide that, but I think would also provide some validation in the eyes of a lot of people that, yes, Dan Cole is building a program at Michigan State the right way, that NHL-caliber prospects can come for a year or two years and then go off and play in the NHL or in, um, in the minor leagues. Ruff, you're obviously from the Chicago area. Illinois has been talking about maybe bringing a hockey team into the Big Ten. What do you think that would be a successful venture for the Illini? And do you think that would be that would maybe cause more expansion in Big Ten hockey? I don't know if it caused more expansion in Big Ten hockey, but I absolutely believe that would be a successful venture. I mean, look, Illinois, and, and granted, these are last year's numbers. I haven't had a chance to look at this year's numbers, but last year Illinois produced. They were in the top five among states producing college hockey talent. I mean, and they don't even have a college hockey program. Behind, of course, Michigan, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. They were in the top five. But so I think for a college hockey program at, at Illinois, for that to be a state program, that, that would be a great venture. That would be great success. Obviously, there's a bunch of stuff standing in the way, including Title IX, including the fact that Illinois' athletic department still needs to get its own house in order. I mean, they got to get a good football team, and they got to get a good basketball team going on, which right now doesn't look like they're having quite yet. But if they were to start a hockey team at the University of Illinois, I guarantee you that would be a successful venture. That would be Penn, I think it would be Penn State 2.0, quite okay. frankly, in terms of if they made the right hire a coach. They'd certainly have the support. But if they made the right hire coaching staff, they built it the same way that Gagadowski built Penn State, I think it would be Penn State 2.0 in a similar time span. Maybe even sooner because of all the talent that's in the land of Lincoln and the Chicago area. We touched on this a little bit already, but will the difficulty of the Big Ten Conference, if Michigan State ever gets it back on track, do you think that will help Michigan State in the long run and getting into the tournament and being recognized nationally and all that type of thing? Long run, it will help them. Short run, it will absolutely work against them. Long run, like you said, because the conference has so many good teams, so many nationally ranked teams, and if they continue to do well, once Michigan State starts getting in the mix in terms of the conference standings, once they start winning some games consistently against big programs, that's only going to strengthen the resume to go to the NCAA tournament, which is Danton Cole's goal. His goal is to get to the NCAA tournament, and after that, in his own words, you're only four wins away from winning a national championship. In the short term, it absolutely hinders Michigan State's efforts in order to get wins and to get get the ball rolling, as you will. You know, say what you want about Penn State. I, I, I keep bringing it back to Penn State, but, you know, when you look at the schedule that Guy Godowski would, would schedule, and, they, and even to this day, they, they scheduled a lot of cupcakes. Oh, but, yeah, it's Cupcake City on that schedule. It was, Cup, it was Cupcake City, but part of the reason is you win those you win those games and you blow out those Cupcake teams. You start building confidence, and then when you hit the hard grind, either one of two things will happen: either you'll fall apart, or you'll just keep using that momentum and keep steamrolling through. And Tom Anastas, when he was coach here at Michigan State, had the exact opposite view. The idea being, you use the tough schedule not only to reinforce and build yourself, but also sell yourself to recruits saying you're going to be playing against the top teams and the top programs. Well, you're playing against the top teams and the top programs, and if you're losing to them, I mean, I don't know how much of a sell that really is. So really, I think it's, it's, it's a balancing act in terms of schedule. You want to have a good non-conference, non-conference schedule. You know, you want to be playing good teams 
because that'll help your pairwise and that'll help the prestige of your conference. But at the same time, I think you also need to be scheduling some cupcakes in there so you can be winning some games. The thing is, in the state of Michigan, there aren't many cupcakes. Fair State is not a cupcake. Western Michigan is by no means a cupcake. Northern Michigan's by no means a cupcake either. And in another year or so, I don't think Lake State's even going to be a cupcake. And that's where a lot of fans want to see Michigan teams come into Munn and East Lansing and whatnot and see those Michigan State v. You know, they want to see those old CCHA matchups. The thing is, those programs are no longer cupcakes like they were during some years of the CCHA. So it really is a catch-22, and I don't envy the scheduling situation that Danton Cole is, is in the middle of because you've got so many birds chirping at you saying, do this, do that, we want to see this, we want to see that. It, it's really, it really is a balancing act. Ruff, you already talked about how you hate college hockey's tie rule. Spent a year basically. I don't like it. Yeah, you spent a year basically in the null. What improvements do you think college hockey needs to make to make it more of a popular game in the U.S.? Well, first and foremost, get rid of ties, and of course, that's the big one that they're never going to do because college hockey coaches they they don't want to get rid of the good ties because <laughs> because of the pairwise. I think if you if you edited the pairwise down a little bit to make it where a tie is less beneficial or a shootout win it will be more beneficial than tie, then, then you'd see that. But I, what, I, what I really would like them to do is to mimic what you're seeing in, in junior hockey and also, by extension, in the NHL, which is go to three-on-three three for five minutes, and after that, if no one scores, then go to shootout and let that be done with it. If you want to award the full – now, you don't have to award the full points for an overtime win if you want to or not. There's, there's plenty of good, honest debate about that in my own personal, personal opinion. And I know I butt heads with some of my colleagues in the Nall about this. You know, I like if a team ends regulation tied, then both those teams should get a point and should get that, um, should that equivalent in a pairwise of college hockey win to do that. There are some broadcasters and some people I know who say absolutely not. If a team wins in overtime, it, they should get the full complement of points. No, I'm not, and there shouldn't be any points to the to the losing team. But I think they it should really be fairly consistent across the board, both in terms of juniors and professional. Obviously, you know there's some rules in professional that wouldn't work in college hockey. Like for example, shoot the puck out of your own zone. That shouldn't be a delay game penalty in college, which I totally agree with the rule they have now. And and I really think you you just get rid of ties. College hockey is the only sport aside from soccer. I believe your least favorite sport, right? Well, actually soccer is not my least favorite sport. What is my least favorite sport? Basketball. (laughs) Really? (laughs) You got to have that rivalry. I love Tom. I love Tom Izzo. I don't like the sport of basketball though. He's a hockey guy. Every hockey guy hates basketball. It's so cliche. Sick lead, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, never mind. Uh, rough. The one of the things we talked about a lot last year was the uh, renovations to Mun, and they announced something back in September. How important do you think that is for this program to take the next step, even maybe more so than recruiting? Or well, they kind of go hand in hand, I guess, right? That's going to be huge, and like you just said, it's going to go hand in hand. The fact that, and it's all going to be kind of under the hood renovations. I mean, you'll see stuff on the outside, the new front door, the front porch, and whatnot, but. This is really going to be for the players, the, you know, player amenities, locker rooms, shooting rooms, weight rooms, et cetera, stuff where basically the hockey program, the hockey team 
can just do all their stuff at Mon and be totally self-contained. That's going to be huge for recruiting, and that's going to put Mon back on the back in terms of uh, back to par level with the rest of their Big Ten peers. And, and it's about time too, because they announced this when I was a sophomore. Literally, that's how long it's been, and, and I'm really happy to see that they're close enough now to where they're going to start planning and they're going to probably get shovels in the ground possibly as early as this summer. I'm really happy to see that. And uh, certainly I've, I've already – full disclosure, now that I'm an alumni, I've made a donation. So Nice. <laughs> Got to support the program. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Ruff, most important question yet. What do you miss most oh, about Behind the Mask? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Honestly, I, I miss a lot of things. I obviously miss coming into Impact 88.9 FM, the studio, and seeing, you know, all the wonderful faces going to meetings, annoying Ryan, Ryan Colton, and our, our, our fearless leader and president, who now just got a job up in Cadillac. Congrats. I got to give him a shout out while I'm on the air and while it's fresh in my head for Ryan getting a, getting a job. Like, yeah. literally – before he graduates. Like, I know. That's power the, moves that's out here from standard. Ryan Cole. That's that's the power move. That's the power move. But no, coming in seeing just all the people. You know, guys like you and Jacob before that and Ryan when he when he started coming up here. I I, I remember those days, Ryan. <laughs> and, and also co- going having a chance to go cover Michigan State hockey games, you know, got interacting with guys like Rico Cooney and and Paula Weston and Neil Kepke, of course, and um and and all those and all those guys at Mon and getting to interview Dan Cole and whatnot and going going to games. It's just it's I I, to, I totally miss it. I totally miss and it's the people. It's not just speaking on the radio and talking to the fans and and giving them my my humble opinion, but really it's the people. Michigan State University is a place of great people, and really that's what I miss most about it. It's the people. It's the experiences. Covering, uh, covering Michigan State hockey. Yeah, rough. Wait, I'm gonna say one thing. I rough would always come in the meetings and say, "Guess what, guys? In two years, Michigan State's gonna be a hockey school." And that's (laughs) is. Are we almost there? Uh, maybe two more. (laughs) (laughs) I need two more. It's like uh, I've ever seen. I can't remember what movie it is, but they're always like two weeks. Two weeks till the house is gonna be done. That's how Michigan State is in hockey. Two years. (laughs) Two years will be a hockey school. But, yeah, well, this 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 time it, it it really it really is two years. I mean, I mean, let's put it this way: we've got you got Danton Cole, a coach who loves to go, who wants to go high power offense. You know, Ricky Bobby, America's all about hot, nasty speed, and that's how I got to play the game of hockey. Versus Mark D'Antonio, we're going to run the ball forty times a game. <laughs> yeah, a little bit con- uh, contrasting strategies there. Yes, yes, very very contrasting strategies. And in the middle of it, we got Tom Izzo, who's just doing his thing. A little bit of both. Well, Ruff, can you believe this is my last show too? What? I, I, I that, can't. That is mind blowing, you know, man. I, I know. You know. I remember you coming in. Jacob and I were looking at each other like, "Who is this blonde-haired?" <laughs> sure. Guy, okay. And, yeah, I was thinking the same and, thing. And, and, yeah. I. Yeah. Wait. You were thinking. Wait. Who am I? I was like, "What? Were why am I walking? Who are these hockey guys?" <laughs> oh no! I thought you were facing the existential question, like, "Who am I? What do no, I want?" No, no, I didn't. I was much more wondering who's who are these guys I'm doing this podcast with. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and you know, Andrew, you you've come in, you you totally you became an invaluable piece of behind the mask when we were doing the three man band, and then it was you and I when uh, when Jacob decided to leave us for the real world, and then 
and then you've taken the reins and run with it. And from what I've heard now, you're, if Ryan's ready to make this his own thing. I, I couldn't be prouder of both of you, of both of you. This is, it, it, you know, when I, and I don't want to make this about me because it's not about me. The show's not about me. It's about you guys. It's your last show. This is, this is your thing. But to see you guys just run forward with this, it's, it, it, it touches my heart. Yeah, it and really is. Thanks, and man. You guys should definitely be proud of yourself. We do. I mean, everything like we still have. Did you know we still have the same Google format, the same Google Doc from last year that yeah. we used to use? We literally took the Google Doc and we're like, okay, well, we got to start from somewhere. Rough knew how to do it. Yeah, rough's the standard. You're the you're the podfather of uh, MSU hockey, the the, the one and only Big Ten ho- like and MSU hockey podcast. That's you. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, and I, I really appreciate you. And I'm very proud that you guys have just, just taken this and run with it and making it your own thing and, and really keep it and keeping the banner, keeping the flame going. It's just uh, you, you guys have surpassed my expectations and more. I'm, I'm really privileged that not only you guys have done that, and but you've also had me on the show today to, to talk about some stuff, even though I've even though I'm not as in tune as I once was, but you know, it's, 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 it's an honor to, to hear you guys say that and that you guys have just had so, so much success. Well, you seemed in pretty rare form to me. I don't know about Ryan, but I mean, seemed like rare form rough to me. <laughs> well, just, you know, I, 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 I still keep tabs on Michigan state, even though I, I, I get a hard time given to me all the time by the coaches and the players on those bus trips, man. Oh, I tell you what. What? I get, what are they telling they you? Give me a hard time. Oh, they tell me, you know, Michigan State. They when's the last time they made it to an NCAA tournament? Blah 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 blah, and all that stuff. You should have heard it when uh, when Michigan State uh, lost the football game to Michigan. Oh, oh no, boy. can't was, even uh, imagine. That was an experience. All right, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us, man. It was a real pleasure oh, catching you up for with you. Me. Pleasure indeed. Well, hey, you know, if Burkle, if you're going to be around in East Lansing around New Year's, I'm planning to come uh, come over to Detroit for the Great Lakes Invitational and watching that as a fan, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try to connect with, with some people afterwards, and uh, if you're in town, I'd love to catch up with you and get a drink with you, my friend. That sounds awesome, man. Jason, thanks so much for joining us, man. It was a real pleasure catching up with you. Um, uh, also, I'd like to say thank you to Andrew. Uh, didn't really know a lot about covering the hockey team. I've covered the football team, had experience there. Didn't really have experience with hockey. Andrew's been a real big help. Made a buddy out of this, a gambling buddy. Oh, yeah, gambling buddies yeah. for sure. And we're definitely going to hit the links oh, yeah. next time he comes in the spring. For so sure. I'll bring I'll my clubs you. up and we'll hit up Acres. <laughs> You're not going to school <laughs> Kick me. Kick you but, up and down the Okay, but I just wanted to thank you. Did a great job, and you've been a really good mentor. Oh, thanks so much, it. man. It was a pleasure working with you. Yep. I can't wait to keep texting you about random games like Orlando Magic slash tra- tra- yeah. Trailblazer games I told you to gamble on that you for yeah. some reason decided not to. Yeah, because I'm not a psycho, but okay. <laughs> also, check out our gambling podcast slash bowl podcast coming out later this week. Full breakdown of all the bowl games. Probably our be favorite out games. by then, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to listen if you like football. Yep. All right. That will do it for this week's episode. My last time on Behind a Mask. It's sad. For WDBM Sports, I'm Andrew Burkle.